RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. The pro-democracy party, the Neo-Democrats, announced its disbandment. Hong Kong's new chief secretary and police chief meet the press. And three groups seek police approval to hold a march on July 1st. The pro-democracy party, the Neo-Democrats, have announced the disbandment. Robert Kemp reports. In a Facebook post, the group said Hong Kong had undergone drastic changes over the past two years and the political environment was now much worse. It said with the introduction of the national security law, some of its former members were now in jail and public officers were also required to take an oath of allegiance. The group said all of its district councillors held a meeting last week and most agreed to dissolve the party. Established in 2010, the Neo-Democrats won 19 seats in the district council elections in 2019, but only eight of them remained in the party until it disbanded. Former Neo-Democrat members Gary Fan, Roy Tam and Ben Chung are among 47 pro-democracy figures charged with subversion for taking part in the camp's primaries for the since-postponed 2020 legislative elections. The three have been remanded in custody since late February. They had earlier announced that they would quit the party and their roles as district councillors. The new Chief Secretary John Lee says he has a deep understanding of government operations after having been a public servant for 44 years. Yesterday, Mr. Lee was promoted to Hong Kong's second most senior government post as part of a reshuffle. He had previously been serving as security secretary. Speaking at a press conference, Mr. Lee responded to questions over what some see as a lack of policy-making experience. There is no, no all, I think, in this world. I have strengths, which I think the chief executive considers will assist her to achieve what she wants to do in her governance in this year. The making of policies, of course, the responsibility rests on the secretary concerned. But as the chief secretary, of course, I have the overall duty of coordinating, mobilizing, and also ensuring that the policy meets the objectives of the government. In the reshuffle, Raymond Su became the new police commissioner, taking over from Chris Tang, who replaced John Lee as security secretary. Speaking to reporters for the first time in his new post, Mr. Su blamed what he called fake news reports for some people's misunderstanding and hostility towards the force. The relationship between the police and the Hong Kong people, I don't think the actual situation is as bad as a lot of people think. Basically, a lot of people are giving staunch support to the police officers. And I can also see an improvement on that. After having, uh, we have done so many police community relation activities. Three groups have sought police approval to hold a march on July 1st. Representatives from Tin Shui Wai Connection, the Save Land Tao Alliance and the League of Social Democrats met with police today to discuss their proposal. Joanne Wong reports. The three groups say police had asked how they would prevent the spread of COVID-19 and about crowd control measures. Speaking after the meeting, a representative said they gave an estimate of 10,000 participants for the march. He added that the proposed protest will call for the civil society's right to speak up, resistance to political persecution and the release of political prisoners. The application comes after the organizer of the annual pro-democracy march, the Civil Human Rights Front, said it won't be applying to hold a protest march that day for the first time in 18 years. 
The chief executive Carrie Lam says the government will continue to improve Hong Kong's transportation network now that the city's election systems had been perfected and the Legislative Council was returning as what she described as a sensible discussion platform. She made the remarks today while attending the launch of the Tun Ma Line, a day before trains start carrying people on the 56-kilometer-long East-West New Territories link from Wu Kai-sha to Chun Mun. The new line connects West Rail to the Ma An Shan Line at Hong Hum, with new stations at Song Wong Toy and To Kwa Wan. A special train will depart from Sun Wong Toy tomorrow and travel to Chun Mun at 5.30 a.m. in the morning to mark the launch. Health authorities reported two imported COVID-19 cases today, one from the UK and one from Russia. Meanwhile, the government has published a list of 20 recognized antibody testing institutions as it prepares to relax compulsory quarantine requirements on some fully vaccinated travelers. RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. Earlier, the Health Secretary Sophia Chan said the government was encouraged by recent COVID vaccination figures. She said she was confident that Hong Kong could reach a 50% inoculation rate by September. We have administered more than 3.4 million doses after 120 days, and more than 2 million people have taken their first jab, which is about 30% of the population, and about 20% have taken both doses. That's about 1.3 million people, and we can see the daily figures improving. Thousands of people are trying to leave the Bangladeshi capital, Dhaka, as the country prepares for a strict nationwide coronavirus lockdown starting on Monday. The number of cases has been rising quickly for weeks, many attributed to the Delta variant, which has spread rapidly in neighbouring India. Here's the BBC's Jill McGivering. People surged across bridges and packed onto ferries in their thousands on Saturday, laden with possessions, all trying to beat the national lockdown. Many resorted to private transport or are simply trying to walk home. From Monday, public and private offices must close and people will only be allowed to leave their homes in an emergency. The government is resorting to this comprehensive lockdown after weeks of steadily rising cases. Their battle seems hampered by limited testing and low vaccination rates. In some areas, especially near the border with India, the healthcare system is already overwhelmed. An extended coronavirus lockdown has taken effect in Australia's biggest city, Sydney, to contain a sharp rise in cases of the Delta variant. Chris Kriketos, who runs a cafe in Sydney, says it's a depressing prospect really bad case of deja vu. We've been struggling trying to get it back from the lockdowns of last year. So today just feels like another kick while you're slowly getting up. It's just complete ghost town again. New Zealand has announced a three-day suspension of its travel bubble with Australia. As the search for survivors from a collapsed apartment block near the U.S. city of Miami continues, it's been revealed that concerns about the building were raised three years ago. A structural survey pointed to a major error in the original design of Champlain Towers. Nearly 160 people are still unaccounted for. Here's the BBC's Grant Ferret. The engineer's report from 2018 said waterproofing on the ground floor was laid flat, causing water to pool rather than draining from the base of the seafront building. It identifies sizable cracks in concrete slabs in the parking area below as signs of distress or fatigue in the 12-storey structure. 
The report acknowledged that corrective work would be extremely expensive and disruptive for residents, but it warned that failure to deal with the problem in the near future would cause an exponential increase in the deterioration of the concrete structure. After a couple of rest days, the European Championship resumes tonight as the knockout phase of the competition gets underway. Wales faced Denmark and Amsterdam in the first of the last 16 matches, with the game taking place exactly two weeks after the Danish midfielder Christian Eriksen suffered a cardiac arrest in their opening game. The Wales captain Gareth Bale is aware that most of the neutrals will be supporting Denmark. We understand the situation that happened with them and um, obviously we've obviously sent all our, our best wishes to, to Christian and, and what a great job the, the Denmark team did um, with that. So, um, but yeah, but come, come game day, it'll just be us and them on the pitch and uh, yeah, hopefully we can put a great performance in and, and get the job done. Denmark, meanwhile, played all three group games at home in Copenhagen and their captain Kasper Schmichel is looking forward to playing in the Amsterdam Arena for the first time. I've never played here myself. Uh, I've only ever seen on TV the the atmosphere that can be created. I know obviously we, the stadium is not going to be full, but uh, I know there's a lot of travelling Danish fans. I know there's a, a lot of uh, of Dutch fans coming to watch the game. So hopefully they support us and not Wales. In the evening's other match, Italy will take on Austria in London. The Italians go into the match unbeaten in the last 30 games. They have won the last 11 in a row, scoring 32 goals in the process without conceding any. Austrian striker Marco Arnatovic is very keen to end that run. We are a team what is, what is young, what is hungry, and uh, we want to go past this round. Uh, we are not, we didn't come to the to this game uh, to say now, OK, we, we, we reached our target and uh, now we just play the game and we go to holidays. I think uh, every one of us uh, still want to stay together, still want to stay in the tournament and, uh, and write more history. And a quick look at the weather. 29 degrees Celsius, humidity 88%. The news from RTHK.
Oh, it's over? No, no, not yet. Just the start of this hour of Cool Tracks on RTHK Radio 3.